What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 41 of the Disc Golf Podcast. This is the post-Thanksgiving podcast. I'm Robin. Here with me, my very good friend, avid disc golfer, Joe. Hey, I'm here, and my plague is totally gone. One. <laughs> Two, we like recorded the best episode ever on Thanksgiving. Totally forgot to hit record. <laughs> I think I think that didn't happen. I that think... definitely didn't happen. So, we had so many awesome plans. So we're very sorry to everyone that we did not get to record a Thanksgiving podcast. But if it's any consolation, Joe and I basically didn't see each other for that amount of time either. So No, which like sucks. That's weird. Like usually... Um, I feel like when there's holidays and stuff, we hang out way more. Yeah. And there's just all sorts of like family stuff. Yeah. There wasn't like any travel or anything. It no. just, uh, it just didn't work out. We did get to play a round with a disc golf podcast listener, Caleb, which was oh, great. Caleb. And, uh, that was awesome. He was visiting family out from Colorado. He was here in the, the Bay area and we got to play with him at Taylor Mountain, which is a local course and had, had a blast. Yeah. And, and shout out. So, uh, he gave us some, like, super cool bottle openers. Mm-hmm. Did you check out the bikes? Did you check out... No, Mo- I didn't. Dude, uh, Moots, either Moots Cycler, Moots Bikes, sick. Yeah. He gave us some really awesome, like, titanium-milled uh, bottle openers. Yeah. That were just awesome. We weren't expecting that at all. We had a great round with them, played, you know, played disc golf. It yeah. Was yeah. Day after Thanksgiving. Which early is morning, early morning, which is normally a recipe for disaster, but we played pretty well. We did, we did. So. Uh, I think that was due to, um, I don't know, disappoint. I guess disappointingly is like too strong. Disappointingly close to sober Thanksgivings. Yeah, I I took it really easy on Thanksgiving. I we were in bed early. I went and saw family. I was home by like seven o'clock. Got the babies in bed. And just like went to rest. I didn't get over full. I didn't drink a ton. Really, actually, I don't think I drank at all, to be honest. I drank like three beers. I drove, I, we, uh, on Thanksgiving went to San Francisco, which is like an hour away from us. Um, and as we got there, my father, as he was cracking a bottle of Prosecco, looked to my wife and I and said, Who's driving? And quickly my wife said, He is. <laughs> So and you're like, all right, that's it. So that was the recipe for my Thanksgiving. Yeah. And uh, I went and, and spent Thanksgiving with family, and uh, you know, I got I got two little boys and my wife, and uh, and wife had some champagne, and and so I took it easy, and we had some good food, and I want some and, champagne, and and good family times, and it was it was a wonderful wonderful Thanksgiving. And it ended up being perfect because the next day for disc golf, I wasn't like lethargic because right? of all the food or or anything like that, like I would normally expect to be after Thanksgiving. So it was it was good times. So uh, wet. It was wet. It was. It was. Um, I so I went to my my aunt's house in San Francisco, and I haven't even told you this. So uh, part of the meal there was like macaroni and cheese, uh-huh. and I'm like that. That's my jam. Did it have bacon in it? No. Oh, okay. No, I'll get to what was in it, right? <laughs> so um, I like put a big glob on my plate. I'm excited. I take a bite, and I was like, "This is like really like this is like really creamy mac and cheese. This this is all right." And I took another bite, and I was like, "This is weird. There's something weird." Took another bite, fine. And then by like the fourth bite, it was another just really weird bite, and I stopped eating it. Kind of made me feel weird. Later, find out from my wife. Uh, 
There was a layer of sour cream. Oh, yeah. And the macaroni and cheese. So, cool fact about Joe. I'm going to reveal uh, possibly embarrassing. I don't think No, it's cares. fine. I was going to bring uh, it up. I, I mean, that's why I, I wouldn't have brought it up had that not been a... Joe does not roll with condiments of any kind. So, we're talking no sour cream, which he considers a condiment. No, no I don't necessarily consider it a condiment. I just really don't like sour cream. So, no mayonnaise, no yeah. mustard. Nope. And here's, here's the real killer. No ketchup. Yeah, I don't like it. He does not like ketchup. Mm-mm. Like, what... That just blows my mind. Ranch? No, no ranch dressing? No, I don't eat salad dressing like at all. So, here's a weird thing though. I like barbecue sauce, which is like a mixture of all of that, I feel like. (laughs) But maybe just somehow when it's all mixed together, I like it. Barbecue sauce is like just more tart ketchup. I feel like it's like ketchup (laughs) and like mustard and like things just all mixed together and somehow it's like edible and I don't mind it. Which is just amazing. Like Joe will rock a dry sandwich. It's not dry. Everyone calls it dry, but it's not dry. You it's like, totally you dry. You have like lettuce, you have onions, you got cheese. The meat itself is like full of moisture. Like, it's not dry. It, it is dry. Y'all are tripping. It's totally dry. 100% dry. Anyways, yeah, that's how you eat. And, like, and I'll eat a hot dog, <laughs> like just straight a hot dog on the bun. Legit. It's good. Tastes good. A, a burger, with some lettuce, some onion, cheese, meat. Boom. You're crazy. Fantastic. <laughs> You're so crazy. I bet that mac and cheese was delicious. But also burritos... Like, no sour cream in the videos. Yeah. And, and we're in California. Uh, this And we're in Northern California, so we're not as close. Uh, but Mexican food is good up here. Yeah. Mexican food is very good up yes. here. Joe rolls scene crema. Yeah. That's, that's his I, deal. Yeah. So, anyways. I mean, I understand that people don't like mayonnaise. I personally like virtually everything. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I, but I understand, like, mayonnaise, yeah, it, mayonnaise can be weird. I totally understand that people don't like mayonnaise. So, here's, so. But mustard like, and ketchup. So, and, so, well, here's the point about this mac and cheese. Like, uh, for people, because I'm sure there's a good amount of people that don't like mayonnaise. Like, for me, there might as well have been, like, a layer of mayonnaise in the mac and cheese. See, but sour cream and mayonnaise are just, they're totally different. Just, like, weird, creamy stuff that I don't like. <laughs> I'm going to leave that there. I think so. I don't think we should elaborate on that. On well, I said I don't like it, so I'm already doing okay. <laughs> Joe, Joe's top ten weird, creamy things that he doesn't like. Go. <laughs> Lots of them. All of them. Oh, you know what? Uh, Alfredo sauce? Awesome. I know. This is the weirdest <laughs> thing, which is basically cream. Oh, cream is amazing. Like, cream soups, legit. But if it's like, uh, like if it's clam chowder, I'm not. I don't like seafood either. <laughs> Joe is basically like a picky four-year-old. No, totally. And my son is, my three-year-old son is super picky too, and I'm like, eh, get it. <laughs> I think He's he- like, I want peanut butter and jelly like every meal. And I'm like, yeah, we can roll with that. Like, I get it. <laughs> and it's probably because my wife also doesn't eat like pretty much any condiment like she eats ketchup and that's maybe it but not very often so my son is growing up like without all of these things because we don't have them in our house it, which is the worst possible thing because like barbecue at joe's house i'm like i better bring some ketchup packets oh yeah yeah bring your because i listen which is ridiculous that i have to even think about that but no like if it's a big enough barbecue we'll buy like we'll bu- we'll buy those things mm-hmm. and then like afterwards we'll be like hey you want to take this home because <laughs> it doesn't need to stay here i don't need uh i don't need mustard in the fridge you know what actually come to think of it if there was mustard or mayonnaise in your fridge i probably just wouldn't eat it knowing that it was either like four years old Oh, yeah. Or completely, you know, just like... like legit, I think I threw out, like, maybe, like, three months ago, uh, 
you left like a Sierra Nevada like mustard in the fridge oh, from when you lived mustard. there. But it was like four years. It was like what three years old? Two, uh, yeah, like three and a half years old. I didn't even realize it was in there. I was like, ooh. So for those out there, Sierra Nevada Brewery. Not only do they do custom printed discs, they do Innova Rock Threes, uh, Champion Wraiths, AVRs. and and AVRs with custom stamps on them, which are beautiful. They are, they're and awesome. they sell them online on their website. But they also make awesome mustard, like three or four different types of really great mustard that that's made by Sierra Nevada. They have like their pale ale mustard and all this. It's, whatever. whatever, it's whatever. awesome, whatever. just beautiful stuff. And Joe, you can't can't be bothered for it. Nope, yeah, at I don't, all. I, I will pass. Yeah, that's, that's like just we ridiculous. like we do. I know we're going on this tangent, but I'm gonna finish it up a little more. So we like we do Blue Apron, um, and they're totally like pieces of meals that we're just like, yeah, we're not gonna make that part. <laughs> or like, oh, like mustard's a big part of this like salad or whatever. Yeah, it'll probably be fine without it. I'm not gonna mess with that. <laughs> that's just out of control. Yeah, right. I just I don't even know what to. I likes what I likes. <laughs> but listen, I like pretty much uh, all beer. Yeah, that's, true. that's so I, true. So I got that going for me, and just alcohol in general, <laughs> except for uh, Malibu rum, coconut rum. Ugh. <laughs> so so no, I like pretty much all all alcohol except for you know anything with coconut and. Uh, that's the, like <laughs> that's the only one. That's really like the only one. And like anyone who's like, oh, you don't like Malibu because you were like. 15 and you drank a bottle and threw it everywhere like the first sip i ever took of it i was like nope so for I'm you out. is is sour cream like discs that are under speed five no because <laughs> there are discs that are under speed five that are fantastic um they're called putters and some mid-ranges uh-huh and they're cool i'm um, just checking i mean just you know, i went out you have a history i of- went out and threw in the park like not just in the field today and i brought with me um a Thunderbird, mm-hmm. a T-Bird. Okay, you're still above speed five. Well, even though I didn't bring any under speed five. <laughs> uh, and two Eagles. But that was great for me. So uh, That was like a very positive your trend. Your floor was speed seven. So Yeah, but it was like my really understable Eagle, which is like pretty much like a speed five. <laughs> no, it's it's just an understable speed seven. It was like but, really understable. But. I had some great shots though. So forgive us, we, Joe and I haven't seen each other in a while, so we're getting some some uh, you know friend, get, friend talk out of the way. But we have a great episode for you here. We're going to review the Gauge by Legacy Disc, which mm-hmm. is a speed five, five. five speed mid range disc, and we're going to pair it with two. Before we left, we we uh, in our last episode, episode forty, we reviewed a Stone Anniversary Ale, and it came in a four pack. And these are so good, we felt we just had to review a couple of the other ones. So we have two other ones. We have the Citricado IPA, the 20th anniversary, 2016. So it's a new one, brand new for Citricado. this year. And then we also have the Stone 5th anniversary India Pale Ale. So we're going to review both of those because these four packs of Stone anniversary ales are out right now. And pretty much if, if you're a beer lover, you got to get them. And we've seen so, a few, or at least one picture on Slack of someone buying one. Well done. Yeah. So uh, you got to do it. And uh, Legacy Gauge, we're going to do that. We're going to talk about the Southern California Disc Golf Championships, which most of the tournament season is over, but we had a great tournament down there with Paul McBeth playing and Bobby Music, the, the legend of, of SoCal down there. 
and we'll we'll talk about that. Which there's video super. coverage out, and yeah, Super Dave, and um, we'll talk about disc golf, and we'll do our deer review, and then and then we'll also that. starts the other just whatever tangents like we just went on. Whatever other shenanigans about condiments and and things like that we that we go through. Um, I submitted a holiday design. To I the, saw that. To the end of a disc. I mean, I've been seeing it for weeks now. but Yeah, that's true. Like, I saw the posting of it. Uh, so, I'm, I'm excited about that. I, I saw the post, and I do like to do some graphic design on the side, and I decided to, to try my hand at it. So, submitted that. I'm excited. Hopefully, that, that will that'll be like... Help fuel the podcast, slash your bag. Yeah. So, hopefully, we'll have some holiday discs to give away if that, that comes to fruition. But yeah. yeah. That was a lot of fun as kind of a... A little side project of that of basically zero importance, but gave me a chance to to dick around and and totally do some some disc graphics. I'm always down to to do uh, some some D graphics. <laughs> some D graphics, yeah. Drop some cool Ds. <laughs> I also do disc dyeing and things like that, so I'm always working on different stencils and and things like that. So it seemed like a, a perfect fit to try and so and like work when that you out. when you dye your D, you just like you just dip it in there. By D, you mean disc? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay, good. I, I wasn't sure where we were going. I, I wanted to make sure. What else would that be? I mean, we have an explicit tag on the podcast. I didn't know. That's because, like, I say things like shit every once in a while. You do. You do. You are. You are like, I'm probably the one that keeps it explicit. You're the sailor of the podcast. I am. That's and, for sure. and honestly, um, when we first started the podcast, um, I thought we were going to be a lot dirtier. Just coming from doing, like, the fantasy football podcast. Uh-huh. I feel like there's a lot of expletives that came out of that one. That's true. That I thought would continue with this. It's a lot more charged of a situation. Well, totally. When and, you're talking and, about manly right. well, stuff like fantasy football. It's not even that. It's like, it's uh, that the people we did the podcast with, like, we see things so differently than them <laughs> that there are just a lot of arguments um, and calling people and not expletives. very smart. Yes. Yes. But then I realized, like, as we started this podcast, um, we were just talking about stuff. Yeah, it's fun. And, and really, if anything else, we're more about innuendo than than actual just flat out curse words. I don't know what you're talking about. I think you know exactly what what I'm talking about. I don't feel like we've ever made like weird references that could be misconstrued. I feel like there's been at least four already. Ah, lies, lies, <laughs> definitely at least. And by the way, uh, if you listen to the last two episodes, I'd like to point out that I have not coughed at all on this podcast. <laughs> Joe has been. Rolling hard with sickness all year long. There's been at least two episodes of Joe sickness, maybe three. I think more. I think like probably like four or five because I had like a weird sickness. I think when we very first started the podcast, and then like a couple months ago, I had like I de- we definitely recorded an episode where I was probably like in a fever haze. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely fever haze plus just coughing all over the place well and, and then on top of it i was like, like i was like it's a podcast i guess i should like force feed myself beer <laughs> that's probably a good idea right it, it's not it's not don't do that <laughs> yeah it'll kill the germs <laughs> it did not kill any germs no whatsoever so the socal disc golf championships that that happened Gosh, I don't know, a couple weeks, three, ago, weeks three, ago? three weeks ago now, something along those lines. And uh, it's probably, I 
I guess one of the last ones where you see the at this point with the the pro tours over the the major disc golf events over the thing that really made the the SoCal uh, championship is that uh, Paul Macbeth was there and and you're you're playing at a at a you know championship level course and watching him play and also you have Central Coast disc golf coverage of of that event so you get great video coverage and. The third round that is up there right now has Nate Sexton on it. And if by some reason, somehow you have not watched a video with Nate Sexton commentary, like first off, what are you doing with your life? Yeah, agreed. Uh, but second off, he's amazing. Mm-hmm. He is fantastic on that microphone. He, he, he really, really is. Um, and to the point where, like if Nate Sexton were to just like call me. I mean, he does call me, but if if he were to call me and say, "Hey, Robin, I know you do this disc golf podcast, but I think next week I'm going to do it and you're not going to." Right. I'd be like, "You know, that's probably the best choice for the disc golf podcast." So basically, I get the same calls from Nate Das. So <laughs> I feel like in like a few months it's going to be Sexton and Das just running our podcast <laughs> in squared Nate yep. Nate the Nates the Nates disc golf podcast I I think the people would be very excited about that it it would be I mean it's already the best podcast but it like really would be the best yeah. podcast <laughs> I I would have no arguments I'd just be like you know what it's been a nice run I I had a great time talking to everybody but since we started like we can hang out right oh no no oh, okay oh so you just you want I have to pay you yeah. oh crap you're gonna do it in in our Garage? Our studio? Oh, oh, no. Okay. Oh, no, you're going to... Oh. Oh. Right. Well, thanks a lot. <laughs> I, You know, I'd still be okay with it. would be fine. Totally. Like, do we get to meet and, like, shake hands? No? Oh, uh, okay. No, like, we might get, like, a cool memo typed up and sent to us. Agreed. Agreed. But uh, the SoCal Disc Golf Championships at La Mirada, which is a... Famous disc golf course in Southern California. Very, very close to to Paul McBeth's home. He could call his home course along with Bobby Music. Right. Who, that was like one of my favorite parts is like, well, Bobby Music, it's like his home, which is like literally like he lives there, he plays there all the time. But it was like, well, the local guy, Bobby Music. And mm-hmm. then Paul McBeth was like, he's he's also a local guy. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's real close to as local as Bobby Music is too. And the the... The play so far was awesome. It was a little uncharacteristic because it rained in SoCal, mm-hmm. which is extremely unusual. In fact, I read a news story that said that traffic incidents went up like seven. I was just about to, that was my point, was going to be like, well, they teed off 20 minutes late because uh, when drops of rain hit in LA, drivers fear for their lives, like earthquakes and tornadoes are happening. Yeah. Like, you want to freak out somebody in SoCal, just spray the hose up in the air a little bit Mm -hmm. and have rain fall on them and just chaos ensues. Earthquake, no big deal. They'll they'll walk through it. But a little bit of water hits the ground and all of a sudden it's it's like Mad Max out there on the roads. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. So, but (laughs) literally, I think it it was some ridiculous percentage, like traffic incidents went up like 60 or 70% or something insane like that. Well, it's like the same thing uh, where we live, right? So we live in a valley, so there's there's fog, Mm -hmm. and you know when there's someone from out of town in front of you, because fog hits and they're driving like four miles per hour (laughs) and like braking every five minutes, and everyone who's like grown up and is like, 
I'll go 70. I don't care. Like, I can see just enough. I know what's going on. Bright lights will shine in my eyes if I'm doing something wrong. We're good. But the, uh, and I believe there are of the, the SoCal uh, Disc Golf Championships, I believe there are uh, the first round and second round are fully up on Central Coast Disc Golf of the League cards, and part one of the third round is currently up, the final round. And hopefully, by the time this podcast airs, the the second part of the third round will be up. Hopefully. Because we're totally going to spoil it right now. That's true. It probably won't be up. But listen, it's been... If, if you went to the PDGA website, it's been up for three weeks. So... <laughs> that's true. That's fine. I don't care if we spoil it. Plus, if you, like, follow Paul Macbeth on any social media, it's already been spoiled. Like, you probably already know... Yeah. Um, and I probably gave it away before you even said anything by saying that. That Paul McBeth was playing in it, so... Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but it was extremely close. Right. And it, there was, it was back and forth, it, you know, uh, Bobby Music had the lead going into the third round, and by a couple of strokes, I believe, and uh, Paul McBeth ended up coming up, coming back from uh, from behind in the first nine holes of the of the third round and taking the win... At 34 under par, Bobby Music at 33 under par, uh, Dave Super Bretado, you just call him Super, yeah, came in in third place, and then Chris Shotwell came in uh, in, or sorry, I, sorry, I said Super Dave came in third, Chris Shotwell came in in fourth, at 21 under par, and those four were were the lead card for the last couple rounds. Yeah, really enjoyable to watch. It just just. Great play by all of them. They all have big arms, so they're making these really incredible shots. And and La Mirada uh, forces you into a lot of different things. There's big hyzer throws. There's mm-hmm. rollers. You mm-hmm. see guys busting well, out that's rollers the, all say, over the place. It's, it's big arms, but it's also locals. So they take like cool routes that you wouldn't even think about. Like yep. with the rollers, like there were some like rollers that I would never have thought exactly. to throw. Well, plus I couldn't throw them. Yeah, plus I can't throw a 500-foot roller, so Uh, probably not going to do that. But super cool. And the thing is, too, um, some of the OB and whatnot, like, changed Mm -hmm. from, like, championship layouts. It did, yeah. uh, From, like, you know, uh, so that that made it cool, too. Like, you could be a little more aggressive. Uh, It made it cool. I, I think... There were some really good shots, and and if you watch like the first part of round three, like that's 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 the Paul Macbeth I know, like yep. crushing crazy putts. Yes, and death putts, and that's one of the I think one of the signatures of of La Mirada is that the basket placement in the championship series of these events, they put the baskets extremely close to OB, mm-hmm. where you are in in par four and par five situations having to approach on a basket where you have ob that is 20 feet behind the basket and and it's it's like up on a hill too and in some cases not just 20 feet behind the basket on one side but 20 feet behind the basket on all sides it's you know where you're just dealing with it or the basket's on a hillside and there's ob on the low point down Mm -hmm. below It, it really forces you to pay attention to how your disc lands and they also had some weather to deal with, like we said, with the rain, and really had to choose their their lines and and what they were going to throw to make sure that they weren't wasting strokes based on being over aggressive or or kind of going for some of the dumb shots. So we we saw some some quote unquote smart golf in in certain cases where guys are 
making sure that they're going to get their par um, and, and save their strokes going through when they're dealing with wet conditions mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of close OB and, and hillsides. You've got slick grass and a hillside that's going towards OB. But you also saw like some aggressive play. You did. Um, you know, like Tiger, what I brought up at the beginning, like Macbeth is going for 50-foot death putts yeah, and banging them. Like, for me, I'd be like, I might, like, three-putt this because I'm so worried about my layup going long. <laughs> it's true. It, it's one of those things you, you, you see it on camera and you think about it. You're like, I'm standing 50 feet away. There's OB 20 feet behind the basket. There's not a single situation in which I am going to run that putt and risk going OB. I'm going to try and lay it up in front of it. Yeah. Every single time, but the fact that that Paul and Hat and these other players too have the confidence, and there's just no doubt in his mind. He thinks he's going to make every single shot, which is which is huge. I mean, it's why you you see Paul right. Macbeth winning so often, and in, in his four championships, and and you know this year Ricky Wysocki's our world champion. But I think going forward, I don't know. Well, I mean, at the end of the year, like it was. Yeah, it, Paul Macbeth was was doing Paul Macbeth things. Like I'm really excited for me too the upcoming year. Me too. Um, well, and there's like the young dudes coming up to like Eagle. Mm-hmm. Eagle is a tweak to the mental game mm-hmm. away from being the dude. And Plus, hopefully Lazat is healthy. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, I miss watching Lazat so much. So hopefully uh, that Lazat, who had a knee injury, it can can get healthy. I don't believe that we'll be seeing him early in the year at the Australian Open. But hopefully we'll start to see him in some of the other major events later on in, in springtime in, in, uh, in the disc golf uh, major series. So, But yeah, there's a ton of young talent coming up there. But You know what's really cool too, just like thinking about next year before we uh, wrap that part up? The, uh, we're also now seeing a really cool amount of great uh, disc golfers hitting the master's level. Yes. So, like, our master's level disc golfers are awesome disc are golfers. Are still pro-level disc so golfers. So, it's, like, really cool because now... Um, like, Johnny McRae and Patrick Brown and Shasta Chris. Chris. Yeah, totally. Like, and we're, we're naming... We named two California guys. Whatever. Johnny McRae, not a California guy. And... Uh, Oh, on the champ still, you know, Kenny's there Kenny's forever. been rolling like, forever. it's super, like, it's a legit... Feldberg awesome is pretty per- close to Masters' age, too. He might be, but I could see him still, like, even when he is, I could see him being like, no. Well, I mean, they, it's still their choice to, yeah, that's what I'm saying. to play open or, or Masters, whether they, they want to or not. So, I, I still see Feldberg, I, gosh, I don't know his exact age. I know he's close, but he's not Masters' age yet. Um, Are you sure? No. I'm not either. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't have played. I shouldn't have put that on blast when I don't really know. I think it's very possible that he is there or like a year out, maybe two. Um, I think that's that's probably right. But still, I mean, that's that's an awesome field. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really cool now to like, um, and maybe it's based on when I started really paying attention to disc golf, but mm-hmm. for like. My personal world of when I really started paying attention and, and who I've like followed, now the masters are like a group that I'm like, oh, I know all those dudes. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Before, I don't think we ever, we could actually even think about next year making picks for masters 
We could. Uh, which I think we, we did like once this year because it was like the world championships yeah. or something. Yeah. But every tournament prior to that, I was like, ooh, I know Ken Climo. Mm-hmm. And now there's there's tons of dudes who um, are awesome who could probably still play open, but absolutely, you know, absolutely. And, for, and, first place in in uh, in masters cashes out higher than twentieth yeah. place in open. You know, it. it I think <laughs> this year the the players like Michael Johansson and stuff like that that prove that just playing consistent, accurate, smart golf can still win you tournaments, no matter whether you're the biggest arm on the planet. If you just play smart and you make your putts and your approach shots, you can put yourself in a position to win no matter what. And and that's really what, what the core of golf is and, and disc golf in general. It, it's still possible. These guys with these big arms sometimes take risks. Yep. Risks that they don't necessarily need to, and these are shots that they can make, but sometimes it costs them. And the the other players that maybe can't make that shot that just stay within their game, which is probably one of the more important things you can do as a as a disc golfer in general, is to not try and extend yourself or make a try to make a shot that there's any doubt in your mind that you can't do it. You unless you're forced to, you should take the shot you know you can make. Right. But just playing that smart golf and there's a lot of those players that are approaching that master's age or are at that level at this point that we're still seeing elite MPO level golf, but they are, they're at that age. So, so why not? Why not? It's, it's terrific. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry for that. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the uh, tangent. That's okay. That's, that's pretty much how it works here. Yeah. So, yeah. but the SoCal disc golf championships, uh, you know, unsurprisingly won by Paul McBeth. Uh, I Bobby Music legitimate threat anytime he's on La Mirada. I don't think there's there's any question about that. He knows that course, you know, I mean, better than was, anyone else. He was ultimately done in by exactly what we talked about running a death putt mm-hmm. and rolling OB. That's true. You're right. Actually, that's that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. He. Barely missed a death putt on like a hillside and rolled out. You know, and it was raining and it was slick. It was wet. And had it been dry, maybe it sat. I it, don't know. It could have. It could have. So, you know, it's just it's part of part of the jam. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna roll OB if it goes in the chains. And I know not and necessarily Paul McBeth. Right. And not did necessarily that. the OB part, but I know that whole roll away thing for not making it <laughs> far too well. <laughs> very much true it's it's so hard you're like make the putt i almost find this is a funny thing now that it's wet here in california and uh, we've had a good amount of rain actually an abnormal amount of rain so far this year uh overall the year is is just barely approaching average historically but this fall we've had a good amount of rain and sometimes i find that motivation to make putts is me not wanting to get my putter muddy. Totally. It's, I don't want to trek through all that mud over there. I don't want to have to wipe. I don't have to wipe off my, for sure. And it's so funny. It's just the, the little things that 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 can motivate you to do something. And you realize you have that ability at Like, any not point. even that. It's like, uh, like even if it's an early morning, I'm like, I just want to sink this putt because, like, it's going to get, like, dew on it. It's going to be wet. Like, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. Another thing we think you guys should look at in the, the tournament segment was the Disc Golf Pro Tour. 
uh, put out their awards for the year based on all, basically on their shot metrics, the mm. all the statistics that they put out. So on the, the Disc Golf Pro Tour website, dgpt.com, they have their awards. So they have things like the Sniper Award, um, which is a combination of their fairway hit percentages and their green hit percentages. And so Kale LaVisca won that, which is very, and this is kind of, we bring this up because we have talked in previous podcasts about how disc golf is trying to use statistics and metrics like the disc golf pro tour and the disc golf world tour have been trying to use them to gain interest and fantasy disc golf and all these different ways to get disc golfers more engaged in the sport. And so they put out these awards in terms of their sniper rating. So they have Kale LaVisca as the winner and Nicola Castro coming in second tied with Ricky Wysocki, who's listed as third, but they both have a rating of, of 84. Well, it might have went off to a decimal or something that they... Could have, could have, yeah. But uh, essentially, it's their fairway and parked percentages. So whether how close they got off the tee and how often they hit the fairway in, in any site, which I, I thought very interesting. They have Golden Putter Awards. Of course, Paul McBeth won the Golden Putter Award. Uh, Nate Sexton came Whoa, in second. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, despite his ultimate collapse... Giving, but, giving. but you got you got to do work to have a collapse. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and he did a lot of work before that. Collapse, giving Ricky Wysocki a, a Pro Tour win. But Ricky Wysocki coming in third. And Michael Johansson, who we just mentioned. MJ does work. Just MJ does work. He's consistent. He just is always there. You rarely see him make a bad shot. So he might not wow you with the with the big drives or anything like that. But he's, he's always on point. He's always hitting his line. Uh... And then in in terms of the women, you got Des Redding won the the Golden Putter Award. Of course, of course, of like yeah, yeah, why yes, yeah. How could you not? Katrina Allen was the winner of the Sniper Award in not on surprised. the ladies' side, and Sarah Hocum won, uh, got in second place, and Paige Pierce in third. That's not surprising at all, seeing those three uh, in the uh, sorry putter. There we go. Um, and uh, the scramblers. This I thought was an interesting category. So this was par saves when they did not reach the green in regulation. So, uh, which is interesting. I, I think it's a little misleading because sometimes the there's holes where not necessarily reaching the green is a, is a big deal. But nonetheless, Michael Johansson was the number one. Nate Doss was number two, and Nate Sexton was number three. And I I think that's a really this over anything, I think it's a good metric because you're looking at three very conservative, very consistent players. Yep. And this both, both, showed it. Uh, both men and women. Yeah, exactly. And we'll get to them next. But all three of these guys, Doss, Sexton, and Johansson, are known for just constantly playing smart golf. They're not going to take huge risks. They're going to, to make sure and, and save strokes. And this shows it. That's that's what it is. And then Katrina Allen, Sarah Hokum, and Valerie Jenkins, in in that order, one, two, and three, uh, also won that. And Katrina Allen is obviously going to be very high on on these lists and a lot of them. And, and Sarah right. Hokum as well. Valerie Jenkins, the world champion. No no surprise there. <laughs> the Hail Mary Award, which is interesting. The the throw-ins from outside the circle. Uh, what they're calling Circle Two, which I believe is was it was it 
30 meters or something like that. It's 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 far out. I'll have to check. Yeah, it. I don't know exactly, but I if you watch any video from Disc Golf Pro Tour, you saw the second circle. So from outside in circle two, uh, Alan Hermosillo and AJ Re- Reesley and Michael Johansson again showing up. Yep. And then they're they're showing uh, Des Redding, uh, Holly, uh, Katrina Allen, Paige Pierce all had three from this. So this is one of those where um, you know you don't have a huge sample size in each one. These are these are great great shots um, that don't occur that often. And then Rookie of the Year, and this is someone we brought up in a previous podcast because we were just absolutely floored by by watching her play yep. but one of the rookie of the years was madison walker who's an extremely young female player and we were just uh, just amazed by her putting and her consistency and she's like 17 years old or something like that yeah uh and and we're really just impressed by by her play this year and absolutely deserving of of this award to to be rookie of the year on the female side and then james conrad also you know really impressive uh, player on the right on the intention a lot of times it's kind of that same same world that i talked about eagle where it's like mm-hmm. they're kind of falling apart at the end you know maybe absolutely one of those people so but that was great and then player of the year ricky wysocki of course is going to be player of the year he won more tournaments he used the world champion that has to be there uh, katrina allen despite not winning the world championships is also listed as this winner, uh, as the winner of Player of the Year on on the FPO side, which I think is worthy. She really she won, she was dominant. She was very dominant. She was do- the first half of the year. It was um, it was it was in that world when we were making picks. We we're like, okay, well, Katrina's first, so who's who else is gonna place? And then it kind of evened out here and there, but it really um, you know. She did a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing was, her losses were close, and her wins were gigantic. They were. They were. And the World Championships was really undone by one hole. Yeah. One hole where her and Paige Pierce threw OB multiple times and ended up taking like sevens and, and I think maybe an eight on yeah. on a, on a yeah. single hole and, and just propelled... You know Valerie Jenkins, who just was playing consistent exactly and, we talked about and doing playing her safe. Thing. Yep, and ended up picking up like four strokes on them on that particular hole, and was just untouched at that point. Yep. So, you know, she really was was one bad hole away from being a world champion. So, and this was great. I I really liked that they incorporated their statistics into the awards. They weren't just arbitrary. I felt, you know, I, I we have talked in the past about, well, maybe the Disc Golf Pro Tour website could, could use some work. And, you know, it's got the spinning disc loading thing that seems to take a lot longer than I would like most of the time. But it's like a cool spinning disc. <laughs> so, but at the same time, there there's only a couple of these awards that are um, subjective. Mm-hmm. The, the rest of them are based on the statistics they collected during their... Uh, during their rounds, so it's it's a really nice kind of preview on what we could see going forward for disc golf and and using the statistics and the metrics to to really get an idea of who's doing what and and what are the strengths of the players. Yeah, and, 
And I wonder if that like so like someday like the MVP I feel like should have like a, a name. You know, like uh like in baseball pitchers like Cy Young, like based uh-huh. on like the greatest pitcher ever. I wonder like if someday there will be a name. Like I feel like like there will be there an MVP like will the be Kenny called. C award. Yeah, it'll be like called like the Climo or something. <laughs> or if they're really into it, it'll be called the Iron Leaf. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Joe's referring to a uh, a YouTube video that where Greg Barsby. where Greg Barsby does an impression of Ken Climo about the Iron Leaf. If you if you Google that, you will find it and you will not regret it. I I assure you. It's it's fantastic, and I feel like that like would be an amazing award to get. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like the the Scrambler Award should just go to be like the Double D's, like the Dave Dunapace yeah. Award, because I feel like he's all about that. I feel like the Iron Leaf actually should be like, uh, there was that tournament a few, like maybe a month ago, um, I think it was CCDG, where they were playing like you get, there's like a little money pool for like the worst luck. Mm-hmm. Like I feel yeah. like that should be like the Iron Leaf Award. Like someone who like played amazing and just like, Played amazing all season, but just had, like, weird things happen where their tournament fell apart. Like, maybe, like, the Iron here's the, the Iron Leaf Award should go to, like, the number two player in the world. <laughs> the, Iron, the Iron Leaf Award. There's, like, the MVP. The who's close, like the but overall not so... best, right? And then the Iron Leaf was like, oh, yeah, you had that, like, one really bad tournament that just kind of threw you, you out of You almost contention. won, but yeah. you hit the cage. Yeah, I could, I could see that. Sure, why not? I think, after all that, it's time for us to do our world-famous deer review, our disc and beer pairing, where we take a disc, we take a beer, we in review them both. Beers. Yeah, in this case, we're doing two beers today, uh, and one disc. Two beers, one disc? Who? No? Couple, no? couple B's and a D? Oh, God. No. You went way worse. What? Right. Two, two beers and a disc? What are you talking about? <laughs> Never mind. I'm lost. I don't know. You'll figure it out later. I don't know what you're referencing. There was a video with two things and another thing, and 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 you'll you'll figure it out later. Don't worry. It's, it'll be okay. Uh, today we have the Gauge by Legacy Discs, which is a mid-range disc, a Speed Five, a Glide Five, a Turn of Zero, and a Fade of One. And then we're reviewing two beers along with that because we just really feel that this Stone Four Pack must be checked out this anniversary four pack consumed and shared we have the 20th anniversary citricato ipa and then we have the fifth anniversary stone india pale ale i'm currently holding the citricato and joe has the the fifth anniversary ipa in his in his paws uh the i'll start with the citricato unless you would like to go for the disc but the citricato <laughs> yeah i'll start uh the disc it's a five five zero one <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> it's true we'll t- we'll talk about the like gauge. in the most awesome way like i don't mean it to like i'm not trying to talk shit go ahead with the beer we'll get back to it there are a lot of times when discs don't match their flight ratings the gauge is a perfect example of a disc that is exactly as advertised yep. on those flight ratings yep and we really just it it's dead on i can't i can't make any argument for it being faster than a speed five you know, less than a glide of five. There's absolutely no turn to it, uh, unless you're doing something wrong. Like I, I guess my only thing that I could say is like maybe it's like 
a fade of like 0.5? Yeah, it could be a, a fade 0.5 or a fade zero if, yeah. if you're if if you, you want to get crazy. Don't put enough speed on it or something like yeah. that. So, but the Citricato IPA is a wonderful IPA. It's nine percent alcohol. Um, these are special edition beers that they put out. I have it in a twenty-two ounce uh, glass bottle, and it is like a kind of a coppery type color to it. It's got a nice kind of piney flavor to it. I don't mm-hmm. know why it's why what the cotto part of it is. I mean, the citra I taste. I taste the citrus. Oh, dude, there's hella avocados in there. You know? I, yeah, I don't get the avocado thing, but I don't know how I would pick that up anyway. Well, it's like a really like uh, unripe avocado. Like my guess is is that uh, you know avocados can be kind of buttery. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I think yeah. they're, they're going with like a smoothness to it, which is absolutely true. It's an extremely smooth IPA um, that is it's great and it's got citra hops. Um, 100% recommend this beer for anyone. And that that's why we're reviewing these is that they're they're currently out in limited edition and we we think that everyone should check these out from Stone Brewing. So, uh Joe, do you want to talk about your your 5th anniversary IPA? Yeah. So, so first off, um we talked about it a few weeks ago. Um as far as I can tell, I didn't fully do my research. As far as I can tell, these beers were kind of like one hitters. They were they were big beers that came out so, obviously, Citricato is the 20th anniversary. That's 2016. It just came out. Like, that's their big, like, release. Uh, the 5th anniversary IPA, um, I'm sure they made for their 5th anniversary. That, I think they made this really good. I think it was an awesome idea to go 20th anniversary. Let's, like, bring back one-hitters that were really awesome. And uh, it is an awesome, clean IPA. So, this one's 8.5%. Um it's got great hoppiness to it and great bitter. So I'm not getting a ton of of malt off of it. And you can check it out too, Robin. Um, mm. But it's got great bitters, really hop forward. Um, you can tell it's 8.5%. Absolutely. Like this yeah. one, it definitely does. It's, it's kind of boozy. It doesn't hide it from you. Um, it's just a tasty, fresh IPA. And that's kind of the thing with Stone. So if you don't know Stone... Um, why not? <laughs> but two, <laughs> like their their thing, and I feel like it's being adopted, and a lot of people are, are picking up on it and going moving forward with it. But they're like the head of the movement of drinking IPAs fresh. Yeah, not you don't want to sit in IPA, and in all honesty, we probably let these sit too long. We probably should have drank them last week, but lucky for us, we couldn't get to them. Yeah. And the I think that the Citricato is good, but this fifth anniversary IPA is probably, and we haven't had the there's a black IPA that that comes in this this bunch too. But this fifth anniversary is probably the prize of the box, in my opinion. Of the no, no. What was what did we have last week? I don't remember. No, last week it was the it was whatever the. The fifteenth or the ten, whatever we had last week was like. I think it was the twentieth anniversary. No, this year the twentieth. No, fifteenth okay. um, then. Fifteen. Last week's was. Well, it was the week before last. Two weeks. Two weeks ago. ago that that was the jam. Really, I I really no. This is like super this. good too. They're both actually. They're I mean, Stone's super good. I don't think we're gonna review the black IPA. To be honest with you, I don't think so. We're either. just gonna drink it, and I'm gonna tell you right now why we're not going to. Um, black IPAs are. 
their own little world. Mm-hmm. I like them. I don't love them. I agree. Black I, IPAs bring in like that smoky kind of like char flavor, which isn't my my favorite. Also, we tend to try and review beers that maybe you would have either during or after a disc golf round. And, you know, the Black IPA, I think, is like 10.9% alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an extremely heavy beer. Uh, it's not something, you know, it's a, it's a nightcap for sure. Right. Don't get us wrong. Like, it's, we're going to drink it. <laughs> like, we're definitely going to drink it, and we're going to enjoy it, but um, not as much as these ones. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, yeah. So, no, this IPA is fantastic. I'm really hoping that this, like, whole Encore series thing for the 20th anniversary kind of spurs them to release these more regularly, because, mm-hmm. I mean, everyone we've had so far is is fantastic. Yeah. I we can't we can't rave enough. That's that's why we've been been doing these ones. So, by the way, I saw uh, there is I think one or two more of these four packs uh, at our local market. I saw that. So I might have to. And uh, we have a, a local pub that has them too. Yes. So that is true. Um, so I'll probably buy more of these yeah. because they're tasty. I think it's time to talk about the gauge. Oh, right. Yeah. Which is, I'm sure, what most people are, are wanting to hear about. But the gauge is a five-speed, five-glide, zero-turn, uh, one-fade, mid-range disc by Legacy Discs. And it is a really, really straight-flying mid-range, as those numbers would suggest. Right. So I'm going to start with one thing. So it's in the Icon Plastic, which, like, in the higher-speed drivers or other drivers, like, feels really good in premium. I'm going to be honest... And maybe it's the stamp. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's a yellow disc that I have. For some reason, like, the plastic doesn't seem or feel, like, super over premium. I agree. To me. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's above, like, DX, Retro, Prime, whatever. It's not. It's definitely not, like, a baseline plastic. But it's, like, not a plastic that I, like, got in my hand and was like, oh, this is the jam. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's not in the world of, like, uh, picking up, like, a champ mid range or like a TI, like my TI buzz, that plastic's like just mm-hmm. gorgeous and feels great. I, when I got the gauge, I was like, kind of like, oh. I agree. I, I honestly had a, 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 um, a misconception about the gauge. For sure. Because I felt the plastic and I, I didn't feel like a premium plastic. Mm-hmm. And in mid range discs, I don't mind having a, a DX or a D line or a Pro D putter. Or, you know, or a right. prime plastic or any of those right. other lower end plastics, but the the gauge and now it was way smoother than a lot of the right, plastics right. I a, just it's mentioned. It's a glossy plastic. It's, it's a glossy plastic, mm-hmm. but it's still it just didn't. There's something about it didn't feel quite right, and I just didn't trust it. And you had it, I didn't. I had right. thrown the disc. So, so I bought this disc um, a while ago. So this isn't one that we bought like just for the podcast. Uh, and this was one of those, and I think we talked about it probably last, we probably talked about it four out of the last six episodes. Um, this was a disc at the time that I bought it. I was like, I think the first time I played with it, it was the greatest disc ever. The second time I played with it, I was like, I, I don't know what it's going to do. Like, uh-huh. uh, yeah, it's, it's not reliable. Like sometimes it goes left, sometimes it goes right. Like, I don't get it. Like this is one of the ultimate form check discs yeah this disc straight up and like and it was described this way and it's to a t it is a put it on the angle you want it to go mm-hmm. and it's going to go that way i i i totally agree 
and and once I I actually threw it a few times, I was pretty surprised. To me, it was like a I throw comets. Yeah. Um. And while this disc is very different in shape, it's like a faster comet mm-hmm. in terms of it. It's got a little bit less turn. You're not going to see very much turn out of it, but you can put a good grip on it and just get it to fly nice and straight. Yeah. And. And, and you can put a slight anhyzer and it will slowly turn to the right. Yeah. You can put a little hyzer and it will slowly turn to the left. If you crank it on hyzer, it'll flip up flat and just go straight. Yeah. It, do, it It's not going to turn over. Uh, it's <clears throat> super consistent, but it's also you need to be super consistent yeah, and if you want to throw you it. You shouldn't expect to get get big time fade and hook around something with Hell it. No. It's, it's a disc that's a point and shoot type disc. And... The other thing was that what I perceived to be inferiority in the plastic when I first held it, once you start throwing it and you get a little water in your hand, something like that, it actually had some good grip oh, to it. Oh, it's super good. It's so, great plastic. It just, like, straight up eye test. Yeah. 100% eye test. It doesn't look great. Yeah. I, I, it, I remember, like, I got in the mail and I was like, Oh, like I bought it like right when it came out and I was so excited. Like I was on like my legacy kick, which I'm still mm-hmm. like halfway on. Um, and I was like, oh. But I don't see a lot of players carrying it and it makes me feel like, and I don't hear a lot of people talking about it either. This is a, an underrated disc. It is. It is. I feel like it's in, it's in um, although it's not a putter, um, I think like if I was a legacy player and I wanted a a disc in the world of like a Nova mm-hmm. that I could crank straight out and it's just going to glide for days and, and lay down. Like this is the jam. Like I was throwing it side by side with a, uh, a champion rock three mm-hmm. and um, it was going further every time. Yeah. That like, five well, it's glide, not going to fade like a rock. Right. Three. That yeah. five glide was for real. It just got mm-hmm. on a nice line and just ripped nice and straight and kind of just floated straight down. It was a beautiful thing. Yeah. Well, also the Rock Three that I have, and maybe it's like a weird anomaly because I tend to get those. Um, when I was cranking that one, that one was slowly turning right. Interesting. And the gauge was straight, saying straight as an arrow. Yeah. I, really, I I can't. I mean, I I had my own thoughts about it. I I probably went into it with a little bit of bias about the disc because mm-hmm. you know. It, well, we, plus you saw me throwing it. You got my perception at the time I think of like I, that's true. Oh, it's like it's like understable. It just turns over. I probably blah, just blah, blah. saw Joe turning it over a bunch, right? And got right. over it. But and then I threw it myself, and I think the first time I actually gave it a chance and threw it in the field, I just threw like a two hundred and seventy-five foot laser beam with it, and was like, "Oh, this is not what I thought it was." <laughs> oh, that's a that's a useful thing. Totally. You know? uh, which is great. I mean, that I currently use comets and buzzes to do that. Right. And for a disc that is not really beaten in, you don't bag it. Uh, it's relatively new by those standards. It's, it's a terrific disc. And I think probably, just like I've said before, under underrated and underutilized in, in a lot of bags, I'd say. Right. And I think we've run into a lot of discs uh, doing this podcast that it's like, if I showed up in like a random town... Uh, like if I, if I was in for random reason, I was in, um, Santa Cruz, didn't have my bag. I didn't have any discs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to stop at this liquor store. I've got 50 bucks. I'm going to buy three discs that I just feel like I can get out there. I know what they're going to do. Like this would be a disc that I know I could pick up off the shelf mm-hmm. and it's going to do what, what I want it to do. Yeah. You know, it's not, 
grabbing a, a champ boss off the shelf and being like, well, this isn't going to do anything I want it to do because it's fresh and mm-hmm. it's, it's weird. Like, this is in that world of, like, I know it's going to do. I'll feel comfortable. Um, like, that's the same thing, like, with a, a TI Buzz. Um, and maybe not as much now at this point. But, like, when, when I was first thrown a TI Buzz, it was, like, super overstable. Um, and then as I threw it more, it was just a nice, like, stable uh, driver. And I feel like part of it's beat, but part of it's just understanding how to throw it. But with a gauge, you're not going to have to worry about wear and tear. Like, you can just pick it up fresh and know yeah. it's going to do what you want. And if you are a ghost thrower... The other legacy mid-range that is more commonly thrown, uh, this is a great pair to that. The yep. Ghost with more fade, uh, you know, kind of more on your rock type. Right. type uh, your buzz, your rock here, yeah. That sort of line. It's a great pair to, to put with that disc if you really love your Ghosts and things like that. I think you need to check out the gauge to fill another kind of slot in your bag to give you that straight shot or, or even for like an Anheuser turnover type yep. thing. It, it's not going to fight out of it like a like the ghost will. Nope. Um, it, it really great. It, I, it really is. Put it on the line you want and it, watch it stay. Very uh, like the only way it's going to come out of an Anheuser is if you throw it very lightly. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you throw with minimal power <clears throat> on a slight Anheuser, it's just going to ride that line. It's not going to mm-hmm. dump to the right. It's not going to hook up and cut left. It's just going to slowly glide and kick it out to the right. It's it's pretty awesome. But at the same time, um, if you aren't mechanically sound or you don't feel really good about staying consistent with your throws, I wouldn't recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say this would be a great beginner disc because it's going to force you no, it's a perfect, to have clean mechanics. Perfect beginner disc. I totally agree. I... I it, the only part about it, it is really it is a speed five, um, I very much so. So I'd say that'd be the only part where maybe I'd say you want to go to a, a lower speed like mid range right, instead. Right. But uh, nonetheless, it, the other characteristics of the disc I think make it fine for a, a proficient beginner. Um, it's certainly way better choice than a lot of other things we see people roll out. Yeah. There. Oh, without um, a doubt. Oh and, man. And oh. easily easily a great beginner disc right yeah and and not just beginner disc we use beginner disc as a term to to say that it's going to show you the flaws in your throwing Mm -hmm. mechanics Mm -hmm. so not necessarily that it's only for beginners but that it's good for beginners because it will kind of tell you when you're getting offline it's almost it's it's either um intermediate advanced or beginner yeah. Like anything in the middle, it's probably not good for. Yeah. Like you need Agreed. to know what you're doing or not know what you're yeah. doing a hundred percent. Yeah. Not in the middle where I was when I bought it, where I was like, I'm awesome. I know what I'm doing. This just sucks. Like, <laughs> it's like so inconsistent. Uh, I'm yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a cool disc. I think it's time that we got a verdict on these. Yeah. So for me, it's pretty obvious. The beer, absolutely, 100%. I would bring this anywhere. Anywhere that I'm allowed to bring beer, <laughs> I will bring the Citra. You got a bottle keeper? That's everywhere. <laughs> anywhere you, I can bring a, a bottle of water, mm-hmm. I will bring this. So, 
I'm I'm all in on on the Stone Anniversary Ales. They are delicious, and you should check them out. The Gauge, while I loved it and and really enjoyed throwing it, currently I, that slot in my bag is firmly held down by the Comet. Mm-hmm. Um, and while the Comet is a little bit more understable, I can do the same thing with it, and I can also with a little bit more ease get the turnover lines than I can with the uh, the gauge, and I use beat-in buzzes to get the gauge lines. The, right. the perfectly straight, right. not going to turn over right. uh, t- sort of line. So I love the gauge, but I'm not going to bag it. Right, and so that's the same thing to me. So um, I probably, depending on distance, like for that straight as an arrow, I'm either going to throw like a T-Bird or a Judge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also, right, I don't have any, but I also have, no I also have my Claymore, um, I just, that, like, 275, like, 300, like, I don't run into that very often. Yeah. Where I need that, so I don't, but I feel like my Claymore is kind of the same place that your Comet is, um, where I know if I don't crank it super hard, it's gonna just be nice straight as an arrow, um, but I also, like, my Lucid Judge is usually my, like, go-to if I'm just going to try and rip something straight down the pipe. I do like the gauge. It's randomly in my bag right now just because uh, last time we went to play, um, I was, like, just getting over the plague and I knew my arm wasn't there. So I uh, took, like, three high-speed drivers out of my bag mm-hmm. and put in this because I knew we were reviewing it um, and, like, another mid-range and fairway uh i don't know that it'll probably stay in just for now because okay because it's in there but i don't i don't know that it really is. i mean I, I don't think i even i threw it one time maybe when we played i don't know that it's really something that's going to stick in um i think it's worth giving it another another run just to see what's up but i i don't really expect it to be a main piece of my bag but like i said um, if I'm randomly on a vacation somewhere and I find out there's a disc golf course and I didn't bring any gear with me and I can find a store, like I could see myself grabbing a gauge cause I know what it's going to do and I don't need to worry about, uh, you know, Oh, well, is this plastic run and this type of plastic? I don't know. It might be over or under, like, I feel pretty confident that I could pick up a gauge anywhere. And it's just going to be a gauge. I totally agree. Um, so that's 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 the verdict. I see. I think I'm the. So you're you're two for two. Well, I mean, we're technically, I'm, I think we're like uh, four. Are you doing math six? on the cuff right here? Well, because we both like both beers. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Right. So that's like that's four. Uh huh. And neither of us are really banging it. So we're like four for six. Okay. So that's like two out of three, right? <laughs> oh, give me. Look, I can do fractions. I don't know how to read, but know. math is all right. Um, so I've, I've used this one before, but it really is because this exact thing happened when we played around with Caleb. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody, I won't say his name, he's sitting to my left, totally botched the star frame. That's true. I did. I did. And it was a really easy star frame to... To convert to yeah, so this is the this is a uh, I wasn't even the away player I think no you weren't it was Caleb Caleb like hit a really nice putt yeah um and then you were like you know 
Yeah. 12 feet out, maybe yep. 15? Yep. So this is the, yep. the, the three-player card... Uh, botched star frame. Bo- bar- botched star frame. Listen, you guys botched some other frames, too. So, you know. I know, I like totally botched a bogey frame by Potter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not true. Uh, whatever. whatever, you won the round, so shush. Fair enough. <laughs> I'll, I'll sit on that. I, I said it. I said it to the world. It happened. <laughs> um, speaking of which, we regularly post our scores when we play rounds together on our Slack group. We do. Uh, so we posted that round. Speaking of said Slack group. What is Slack, first so of all? Slack is what it, it basically came about to be like a corporate communication tool. Basically, it's a way for lots of people in the same network basically to talk with each other, share ideas, share documents, pictures, links, links, videos, every, like pretty much anything that you can save on your desktop, Mm -hmm. you can share with everyone. And we created a Slack group for this podcast. We did. So we would love for you to join us on, in that Slack group and chat with us and other disc golf podcast listeners. You can do that by sending us an email to the disc golf podcast at gmail.com and we'll send you an invite. Uh, there's no qualification process, uh, minimal background check. It's, it's yeah. Like, it's like, is this a valid email address? Yes. Cool. Cool. You're in. It's pretty much And that's it. the thing. Like, and I think more and more people are realizing like, it's just this open community. It's not, um, there's no like waiting process. There's no like questions. It's just like, Hey, you want to join up? Give us your email address. We're going to get you in. And plenty of people that just love disc golf uh, and are also podcast aficionados right. as well. So, And I would say this right now too. Like if you're wanting to join and like you want to get in like now, just keep your email open for like 10 minutes or less. I feel like our turnaround is kind of crazy fast. It is. Like we get an email, either one of us, if it's like even to any of our social media, if it comes in. That's true. You like can we, hit us up on all the other social media accounts, which are? Which are, we're on uh, Twitter at the Disc Pod. We're on Instagram at the Disc Golf Podcast. We're on Facebook uh, forward slash the Disc Golf Podcast. You can listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud. All over the place. Yeah. Hit us up on any one of those, and uh, if you're looking for it, send us your email address. We'll uh, we'll send you an invite. We do nothing else with your email address. We're definitely no. not putting you on any list. I don't. E- I wouldn't even know where to start with. I don't even know where your email address are. I send you an invite, and I forget what it is. Exactly. Um, but really, it's it's a super cool group. It's a lot of fun. I mean, we just played with with uh, our buddy Caleb. Purely because he hit us up and and is a listener. If you're up in Northern California, we're your way. Like we're for sure gonna play around together. It's kind of just the jam. Uh, I mean, we had a, there was a full conversation the last couple of days about like how what plastics compare to what plastics and discs. Like mm-hmm. it was just cool. And there's a wealth of knowledge. Um, everybody from brand new just started to uh advanced people who are starting to like look towards playing open like it's exactly. it's a wide range uh, lots of great advice expertise lots of opinions yeah it's fun yeah. and we would also like to say we're so sorry we missed the thanksgiving week everything got out of hand we just we uh had every intention of doing a thanksgiving week podcast 
but it just got away from us, and uh, here we, we are again. Rob and I were like, we missed you. We really did. Two ships passing the night. Yeah. And I think there were multiple times like, we can do it right now. Ugh, I can't do it. Yeah. Well, how about, oh, I can't do it. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. So, we're glad to be back. Uh, happy to have completed episode 41, and we look forward to talking to you guys every week. Hopefully, you'll have a great weekend in disc golf. Get out there, play some disc golf, and throw stuff at stuff. Later!